Hello and welcome to the Yoga with Molly Off the Mat podcast. I'm your host Molly and in this podcast we talk all things yoga and life off of the mat. Let's get started. Hi team, hello from a slightly wet and rainy London this morning and I don't say that um with sadness I am so happy for some rain we have had one of the driest summers here on record we had days with 40 degree centigrade heat um, and then we had another heat wave the past week which was uncomfortable um the UK has not caught up with air conditioning (laughs) in the way that other parts of the world have, which, you know, probably great for the environment and for our health overall, but um, not ideal during sweltering heat waves. So um, I was, oh my goodness, just overjoyed for the rain last night. I've been kind of poking my head out the window this morning to see how the grass is enjoying it because oh gosh for the last month it has not been grass it's been straw and the UK is pretty famous for having you know lush emerald green (laughs) lawns (laughs) you know um we're a very green country because the rain and the temperature usually but it has been excuse me it has been you know like a hay bale um, the past months. I've been looking out just to see how's nature responding. So I've seen some horrible, horrible things, like even just in the parks, like the local wildlife. Um, I say that as if it's cute bunnies. I mean, the rats <laughs> in the park next to me. You know, I'd usually be pretty afraid of them jumping out of their way, scared they might bite me. I felt sorry for them the past couple of weeks. They were literally dragging themselves from their nest to the bin um, to try and eat leftover sandwich wrappers. (laughs) Oh man, city living, it's a treat, let me tell you. Um, And I also saw one instance in the pond, a swan had died um, and and was, you know, just kind of floating on the surface of the water. Sorry to introduce... Um, such horribly bleak scenes um, early on, not to mention that we've had fires across the country and all that kind of stuff. So it has, um, it really has been unpleasant. I know some people have been just loving the sun, loving the heat, but nature has been suffering, (laughs) really, really suffering. And I can't tell you that I've particularly enjoyed it either. I love mild weather. I love cool mornings. I love. I mean, I love cool all the time. Um, for me, hot weather is ideal on holiday when I'm in a swimming pool. But um, I don't don't really love it when I'm back home and you know trying to get on with life. And like I said, the UK is not set up for it. So um, yeah. So yeah, I'm enjoying some cool weather this morning and excited to be back for this August edition of the Yoga with Molly podcast. 
remember to what extent I spoke about this in June and or July, um, but what I've really been focused on uh, physically, and this, you know, extends beyond the world of yoga, is um, recovering from morning sickness um, in the first trimester. And I would say it, it did extend probably into the first month of my second trimester. I couldn't tell you definitively that there has been a specific end date. You know, I have very mild moments every now and again now where I feel just a little bit um, shaky, but I mean, a fraction of how I was in my in my first trimester. And I think probably when I recorded this in July, um, I was still, <clears throat> you know, I was coming off the tail end of it. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, knowing that probably over the next few months, I'll be talking a little bit more specifically about pregnancy yoga um, and postnatal yoga. And I think in any discussion of that, you know, it's you can't avoid talking about all of the other physical, emotional changes that a person may or may not experience in pregnancy. And certainly, um, you know, I have other friends who are pregnant at the same time as me, you know, more or less with a difference of one or two weeks. And I can see that everyone's experience has been so different. You know, some people have had um, much worse morning sickness than I have. Other people have had it really mild where they felt slightly off in week six and then not at all. <laughs> and, you know, and just everything, everything in between. But certainly, um, I'm happy to kind of share, share my, my experience. Um, so my experience of morning sickness itself is not something I'm, I'll, I'll go into in depth other than to say, um, I felt ill, um, every day, uh, probably from somewhere towards the end of week five in the pregnancy. So a couple of weeks after I found out I was pregnant, um, all the way through to, yeah, it was the last time I had a really bad bout of it was in my 16th, 17th week. And then it did slowly improve from week 18 onwards to the extent that, I hardly have it at all now. I'm, you know, 24, 25 weeks um, pregnant. And it was so um, debilitating for me that probably weeks, yeah, six through 12, um, I needed to take um, anti-sickness uh, medication that my, my doctor prescribed me. So I had a conversation with my um, general practitioner and we kind of looked at what would work best for me and um, that yeah was was effective in helping and the truth is um, while it didn't allow me to return to normal day-to-day -day activities um, it did you know make life a little bit more uh, bearable so I mean for context I felt so ill that you know, I didn't want to get out of bed at all. I didn't feel able to work. I, um, you know, simple things like cooking or taking out the rubbish or even going for a walk just weren't things that were possible for me. I didn't have the confidence to even walk to the supermarket, which um, I don't know if you can hear it in the audio. There were just some kind of 
police sirens going past the house. I mean, that's how close the supermarket is. It's a road over from me and it's a small supermarket. <laughs> you could probably dash in <laughs> and buy something in under 60 seconds. And yet I just didn't have the confidence to do that. I was sure, you know, that even from in my apartment going downstairs that I, I would be ill. So when I say it gave me a little bit of relief, it gave me enough relief that I could, it would still be a very big deal, but like <laughs> making it to the supermarket or, um, you know, going outside for five minutes of fresh air was possible. And I think without the medication, I don't think I would have managed those things because um, I, I was just feeling too unwell. So I still definitely <laughs> was, was really, was really ill. It was, it was definitely the most ill I've ever felt in my life. And for a sustained period of time, you know, we're talking months, um, but it was made manageable. So I kind of got to a point where um, as I, as I was at kind of week 16, 17, and I was still feeling a little bit poorly, um, but I was regaining some confidence and I was really trying to, you know, seeing that I was making some, some progress and then it felt like symptoms were easing. I began to get my confidence that my sickness probably wouldn't last throughout the whole of pregnancy. Some people's does. Um, and I, I really wasn't sure whether that would or would not be the case for me, but I kind of, I got some confidence at that point that, um, probably, my symptoms would would ease up and I started the journey of trying to you know um, be a little bit braver and just test the boundaries see if there's some things that I could return to um, things like you know doing a grocery shop um, going for a going for a long walk in the park being able to go back into the office um, for my uh, full-time job uh, a little bit more regularly? Um, could I commute on the kind of morning commuter trains when, you know, pregnancy and morning sickness aside can be quite uncomfortable. Um, exploring, you know, um, more varied forms of movement. So other than just walking, you know, how would it feel to go swimming? You know, is prenatal yoga something that, um, that I could start enjoying again? Um, you know, and, and other forms of, of exercise as well. So these were all things that I know usually bring me a lot, a lot of joy. And that I, if it was, if it was a possibility for me, I, you know, would love to stretch back into them. Um, but always with gentleness and always with acceptance of the body. You know, this is one of the most important things that my own yoga practice reminds me of is about acceptance and meeting yourself where you are and I think yoga is a wonderful way to explore um explore that theme of of acceptance of the body of the mind you know um becoming intimate with what is you know so that was that was kind of the the path that I have been on continued to be on I think it had probably already begun when when I last uh, shared shared a podcast here um, but you know the thing that I've continued to focus on um, over over the last month so I'll, I'll share um, what that's been like for me uh, in yeah in hopes that it it helps anyone else um, whether it's pregnancy related or not
So the first thing is, you know, when I was considering nausea, (laughs) um, medically speaking, uh, to this day, uh, the community, the medical community don't really seem to have gotten any consensus over why some people feel so sick <laughs> in in uh, in pregnancy and others don't um what we do know i say we as if i'm a doctor i'm not and anything that i say uh when it comes to medical reference you know i'm i'm not qualified as a medical doctor and some of it is probably conjecture <laughs> as in things i've noticed in my own body and i've maybe drawn my own conclusions for myself so i'll be clear to to signpost that because definitely don't don't lean on me for medical advice. Um, but from what I understand, um, there's a few things that that happen early on in pregnancy, which is obviously a massive surge in hormones. Um, and the other is a lot of vascular changes. Um, vascular meaning uh, to things like your uh, blood pressure, your blood volume. Um, and over the course of pregnancy, you know, it, it means that, um, yeah, I mean, even things like circulation and that kind of stuff are are impacted. Um, and so it means you have all of these variables happening at the same time, not to mention the fact that, you know, hormonal changes and vascular changes probably because it's impacting your, your heartbeat, (laughs) right? Um, that they can impact your mood and your emotions as well. And all of those things have a relationship to the gut. I mean, at least this is my experience. Again, this is where maybe a little bit of conjecture comes into it. Um, I certainly notice relationship between mood and gut, right? So have you ever had a moment where you've been scared and it makes you feel sick to your stomach? Um, Or you felt stressed and it has given you tummy aches or nausea during periods of intense stress, right? Because your emotional state, your mental state um, seems to have a relationship with with your gut. So there's that. And then the other thing that I know as well, if you're someone who has ever experienced low blood pressure, that is also something that can make you feel sick and dizzy. So, you know, even without understanding, and in my case, I don't understand the specific relationship of certain pregnancy hormones and their relationship to nausea, you know, even the fact that there are hormonal changes, potential changes in mood, potential changes in stress, anxiety levels and vascular changes, all of those things, if they were happening even in the absence of a pregnancy, you know, by some weird chance, um, it's very likely that it would induce some level of like gastrointestinal discomfort or nausea or symptoms of some sort. So you have all of these different things going on. And, you know, one of the things that I began to speculate on when I was thinking about, you know, what are some ways I can support my body were A, obviously the release of pregnancy hormones is not something that's within my control. But um, there are potentially a few things that are within my control that might be influencing nausea. And, you know, those would be things like uh, stress management and, 
uh, even when it comes to blood pressure, actually, while you can't control the vascular changes in your body during pregnancy, I began to ask myself, you know, is there anything that I can do to support a slightly more stable blood pressure? So less, um, less extreme fluctuations. And I'll give you some practical examples. I used to feel most nauseous at night and I've heard a lot of other women um, report similar things. And again, I began to speculate, well, I know that blood pressure drops at night um, and I would feel most ill, you know, 30 minutes or so after I had laid down. So again, I kind of started to ask myself, well, actually, maybe blood pressure wouldn't drop so significantly if I was sleeping in an elevated position, if I just had more pillows underneath my head <laughs> and if I had a little snack before bedtime. And these aren't revolutionary ideas. People are generally giving you advice um, during pregnancy to, to sleep with a little bit of elevation, whether it's to help with feelings of nausea or to help with feelings of heartburn and to eat little and often. Um, but it, it scientifically made a little bit more sense to me when I looked at it through the lens of blood pressure and doing things to try and keep blood pressure on a slightly more even keel. Because I, I, I started to get the sense that I was experiencing quite a big drop in blood pressure when I was lying down at night. And that's why I would feel so sick overnight and so much better during the day once I was standing upright and moving around and eating regularly. Um, and, you know, other women have also reported um, that they feel more sick when they haven't eaten in a while, which again might signify their blood pressure is dropping or their blood sugar is dropping. And um, those things can, can have a relationship to, to nausea as well. So that was the first thing I kind of, I, I just, you know, home remedies actually really did, um, did help. And, and to me, it sounds obvious now, but I'll be honest, like when I was in the throes of morning sickness, none of this had occurred to me. I didn't understand any of the changes that were happening in the body other than there are loads of pregnancy hormones, you know, <laughs> that's really um, as much as I understood. And I felt like the narrative was was really oversimplified um, for for people. And so I didn't really know how to help myself. Whereas I think a little bit of reflection on the human body, on anatomy, on science um, helped me build my confidence. Um, the other thing that I started to prioritize, you know, pregnancy aside, I thought, well, if I weren't pregnant and I had just chronic stomach upsets, what are some things that I would do to help myself? <laughs> right. Um, so one thing that I may have discussed last time, I had had my iron levels um, measured in uh, in pregnancy and mine were consistently really good. They were really strong. Uh, they were before pregnancy as well. I, I just happened to have doctors remark on it a few times. I think probably um, down to dietary causes, I eat just a ton, ton, ton of spinach as part of my diet. I did, It's something I love. <laughs> I blend it into smoothies. I have it with a hot breakfast. I add it into my pasta water I just it gets snuck in almost everywhere it's one of my favorite ingredients to have in the fridge just to get some green into my meals I put leaves of it into sandwiches um etc etc so um I've always been 
a big spinach eater and I think that's helped me a lot and have continued to be during pregnancy even when I felt my absolute sickest <laughs> at the start um, and I didn't feel like I could cook anything or stomach anything that was warm um, I I would blend spinach leaves into yeah into things like smoothies just to just to sneak something green in so I took the decision to change my prenatal vitamin which contained iron and I know Iron supplements um, can make you feel sick um, and can be quite irritating on the stomach. Um, so I, I, I took the decision for me. I didn't think I needed it. There didn't seem to be any immediate risk for me of anemia. Um, so I cut that out. That was one of the first things that I did. I felt almost not immediately, <laughs> but within two, three days, my symptoms lifted enormously. And I thought, yeah, I think my stomach between all of the changes it's faced in the first trimester is probably just there hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Literally, it feels like it's beaten and bruised. And now I need to go through a process of trying to heal, heal the gut, you know. Um, so I cut out the iron supplements. Um, I doubled down on, um, on, Mm, no, let me get this right. Is it prebiotics or probiotics? I actually don't know the answer. That's one thing I'm going to look up afterwards. But um, I uh, I started drinking. Um, uh, I started making sure that each morning I was having something that contained some. Is it lactobacillus? I want to say. You know, you'd think I'd do my research ahead of talking about this on a public platform. <laughs> um, but you know, you can get little yogurty drinks that contain things that are good for the gut. So I made sure to have one of those um, each morning. I tried to switch to options that. In, in my diet generally, <laughs> excuse me, um, were a bit less irritating for the stomach. So um, cutting down on anything, you know, um, one thing that I was enjoying were fried eggs. So I just tried to have a think about could I be poaching them or could I be switching to oats in the morning and having poached eggs at lunchtime, that kind of thing. So anything that I was um, frying, um, anything that was kind of synthetic or sugary or anything like that just anything that you know to be irritating to the stomach lining um, which tends to be high fat high sugar high salt high you know all of those kind of things um, I just tried to limit um, and switch to some more gut friendly options and I also bought again prebiotic probiotic please educate me um I, again, having chatted to my GP about it, I, um, I got some, um, capsule, uh, formats that I would take in the morning as well. <laughs> Excuse me. So those are some changes that I implemented. I just, I really wanted to load the gut with things that would be loving and, and soothing and really remove anything that could be irritating it and making it harder for the gut to repair again assuming that it may have sustained a little bit of damage and irritation during that first trimester um you know from everything that was that was going on and then you know introduce lifestyle changes like sleeping a little bit more elevated in the evening um that might help with some of the 
vascular things that were going on because the truth is you know there'll still be fluctuations in my blood pressure as a pregnant person not to mention my circulation particularly as baby gets bigger <laughs> um, and I have time on my side because um, I think it's likely I would have experienced a real reduction in symptoms anyway um, but it you know the other thing is it just it made me feel better to feel like I I was able to play a hand in things, you know, you can feel so out of control in pregnancy. And, you know, I think the thing that I found hardest was just regaining my confidence, you know, regaining my confidence to go to the supermarket and, you know, feeling like there were some things that I could influence where I could make an impact, where just something small was in my control. Um made me feel, made me feel really good. Um, and I say that knowing, and again, not just in the context of yoga, how dangerous it can be to have a control need when it comes to the human body, <laughs> to your own human body, right? And I'm talking about things like pushing your body beyond its limits, you know, not, not being able to accept yourself as, as you are and, you know, being punishing and that kind of thing. Um, but I do also think there's a limit in the other direction as well. Um, I don't know how realistic it is for us to preach to people, you know, total and complete surrender <laughs> and giving up all control. It's deeply uncomfortable um, for any human being. So, um, yeah. Ah, that's my story. That's been the journey with um, with morning sickness. My update as of right now is... I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling kind of, yeah, 95% recovered. The things that I continue to struggle with, um, like I said, I have a very small bouts of uh, sometimes shakiness in the evening. I generally feel great during the day. So it's either first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening. And it's really not debilitating. I've been completely off any medication um, since, since the first trimester. So it's manageable. I still wore, you can buy these kind of sickness bands at the pharmacy. I still wore those definitely in my fourth and into my fifth month of pregnancy. But again, I've kind of retired those probably the last six weeks as well. Um, but yeah, um, tiny moments of shakiness. And then a little bit of fear that's still there having ex having been so ill for so many months I definitely still have moments most days where if I hear that someone around me is feeling poorly or has had food poisoning and it reminds me of how sick I was my anxiety is is way way higher around issues of sickness than it was pre-pregnancy so um you know I'm also doing a little bit of work to support my mental health there as well but generally we on the right path. Outside of diet, um, you know, my other priority was being active and getting out in the world, getting some fresh air, being more mobile, you know, um, moving. Um, so one of my biggest priorities was finding a local prenatal yoga class. And it has been tough I found it really quite tough <laughs> I feel like Goldilocks and the three bears when oh this porridge is too hot this porridge is too cold um 
you know, I always think that people ask me a lot about different styles of yoga. And while I do think that certain styles will, you know, suit you more or or less, ultimately, I believe, and again, this is kind of my own, um, my own uh, guide, both as a student and as a teacher of yoga, is that every practice, um, whether it's guided or, or uh, self-practice, is is your practice and you know that means it will look and feel different to every body um so you know my main criteria when I'm working with a teacher is someone who really allows you the freedom and the autonomy to do your thing (laughs) you know um to allow you to explore um safely and uh, you know, my my biggest, biggest bugbear, and again, uh, I, I don't even know if most people would agree with me, potentially most yoga teachers and maybe even students would disagree with me here, I don't know. Um, I have always really disliked um, uh, individual adjustments um, during a yoga practice. Um, I love uh, cueing. Um, I really love cueing. So someone to really be able to say things like, and you know, you can cue an individual, but but you know, direct it to the room. So as a yoga teacher, if I see someone who looks uncomfortable, or you know, maybe there's a lot of curvature in the spine, and I can kind of tell, like in a downward dog, um, that might be uncomfortable. I would offer the room a cue that I think might be helpful for that individual. I'll say, you know, if you're feeling like your spine is rounded, bend into the knees to offer a little bit of release. You know, this is where you should be feeling it the most and allow a student to um, to explore. The only instance where I would um, approach an individual is if there was a safety concern. Um, or if we were doing some form of inversion practice. So if we were doing handstands, headstands, anything like that, where there were risk of real risk of injury to themselves or others, if they were to fall, um, then I would, I would come and offer or, you know, potentially insist (laughs) on, on some, on some hands-on support. But otherwise, um, I really, I've, I've never liked, um, I've never liked adjustments or assists. Um, I think in majority of cases, every time I've received an assist, it has felt worse <laughs> than, than whatever version of the pose I was in. <laughs> um, so, and I ha- I've had a couple of it, you know, and over the years I've, I've found teachers that I felt like have been the right ones for me and that I feel safe in their class. They really allow me to do my own thing. They're really supportive of you, you know, embodying um, the the yoga and, and less concerned with it looking a specific way, um, you know, on, on the mat. And, you know, now that I'm exploring prenatal yoga, I feel like gosh, I'm going through that same journey again. I'm going and I'm meeting loads of teachers and going to different classes. And 
you know, there's far fewer prenatal yoga classes than there are um, just regular yoga classes. So you have a small bunch to pick from. And then you're also trying to find, you know, yoga teachers that you feel safe with and, and in whose classes you feel feel good with. So yeah, gosh, I tried a couple. One that I really quite liked and I found out the week that I went, it was her last week of running that class. She was relocating to a different part of London that would be too far for me to travel. Um, I tried a, another yoga teacher that, oh, just stylistically, I got really, really bad vibes from. I had to fill in oh, like a five page form just to go to the class that asked me everything <laughs> from every pregnancy symptom I've ever had to who my GP and midwife are and oh my goodness just the paperwork it was too much I was like you know in pregnancy you have so much stuff to do you know so many appointments to attend I was like I just want to show up for an hour and feel good <laughs> five pages of paperwork my goodness that was a no-go I went to another pregnancy yoga class where, oh, this teacher was adjusting me every two seconds, every two seconds. Um, stack your arms, move your feet differently, stretch your leg back further. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not here to train for Iron Woman. <laughs> I'm just here to do something marginally better than watch an hour of TV. <laughs> so quite frankly even if all I did for the hour is uh is stand up and do some side stretching you know <laughs> we'll have made some progress <gasps> oh my goodness it was the most irritating thing I almost left the class I really did almost leave the class I thought you need to <laughs> really back off oh gosh and that is uh, you know when you're when you're leaving a yoga class feeling aggressive you know you're not winning um so oh, it hasn't been an easy journey uh, i think i found a class that is somewhere in between um what i quite like about it at the end of class just for the pregnancy class this particular studio offers um some herbal tea and biscuits <laughs> for all the pregnant people who have attended so you can kind of sit and socialize afterwards as well which is which is brilliant I think half the time you know one of the wonderful things about a pregnancy yoga class is you get to speak to other pregnant people um because the truth is when you're going to antenatal appointments at your hospital or at your midwife it's it's pretty clinical there's not a lot of time for chit chat you're in you're out it's during the day, you probably have to get back to work, it's, yeah, it's, it's tricky, um, and, you know, I also find that the NHS, our healthcare system here in the UK, is so strapped for time and resource, you know, it feels often to me like their priority when you're in for those appointments is just checking for any immediate physical danger, um, no one has been asking me about my mood, how I'm feeling, <laughs> you know, how's life going in pregnancy, like there just hasn't been any interest or discussion in the pregnancy holistically, you know, you kind of walk in and usually they're like, give us a urine sample, sit here for some blood, uh, for not, not to give me some blood, but to take some blood from me. Um, you know, the ultrasounds themselves, they can be 
you know, they can really hurt. They can really dig into your tummy. I, I haven't had it as bad as others, but people have told me they've had bruised abdomens the next day. Um, one midwife, when my baby wasn't in a position where she could see his face clearly for the scan and she wanted to visualize his his lips and eyes as part of the scan, she, without asking, just started to shake my pregnant belly. <laughs> I just, which is just awful. I mean, I just, yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm extremely thankful for the maternity services that we have, that they're accessible to everyone. And I do think they do a wonderful job of screening you for the most serious forms of complication. So in that sense, I feel in very good hands. Um, But that isn't the system where you're going to get the the support, you know, like the emotional support um, that I maybe thought I would be getting. I really you know, when I I had this vision that when I was, when I would be working with midwives throughout pregnancy, that I'd be really cocooned with like all of the support and information I would need. And uh, that just hasn't been my experience at all. I've really had to look outside of that community. Um, and not just midwives, you know, um, doctors, just everyone, it just, none of it has come from the healthcare community. It's, it's been through books and forums and going to yoga classes and speaking to other pregnant people, um, joining groups online, that kind of thing. Um, Not all of that is right for everyone, but that is really where I've kind of found my support. But a lot of it is self-driven and it's so, so hard. (laughs) You have to really want to go and find people and get the support that you need and deserve. Um, So it's certainly, certainly not easy. But yeah, I think uh, I think I found some kind of middle ground when it's come to prenatal yoga, but that has been a definite frustration of mine. And I ask myself, you know, um, I'm I'm at the moment focused on my own experience right now and just, you know, being an active listener and taking notes and thinking about how this can help me be a better yoga teacher, someone who can offer you know, a a greater, more valuable service to to people who need it if I'm working with pregnant people in the future. Um, And I'm still, you know, I'll I'll sit and dwell on that into next year and beyond, I'm sure. Um, But I'm just, I'm gently taking notes and uh, and thinking, thinking about it. But those are my updates. And I guess the long and short of it is, I have been moving. I have been going to yoga classes again. I've even gone jogging a couple of times, um, more nervously than maybe I was before, but I completely gave that up in the first trimester. So um, a little bit of jogging here and there. I even made it into the gym. Um, I've gone swimming a few times. So yeah, it's um, it's slowly, I'm slowly returning Um at the moment, or I have been able to return in the second trimester to, to a bit more structured movement. And that has been just an absolute, absolute blessing. time for me to go and get set up for my day here. Um, It's been so lovely to sit and share and 
connect with this community. Um, it's a Thursday morning at time of recording this, so I'm just getting ready for the tail end of my week <laughs> at uh, at work. All else in life is going is going pretty well. The nursery is more or less finished for baby, and um, yeah, work and life seem to be going well. I mean, the next thing that I'm so excited for um, before before we're close to baby's arrival is um is hopefully more changes in the weather i love the cooler half of the year <laughs> september through march is my peak i just absolutely adore it i find spring a tough time because i have allergies um so uh, when the flowers are in full bloom and the bees are buzzing, gosh, doesn't it look beautiful? But I am pretty miserable <laughs> for most of that season. And uh, yeah, I'm, I've always preferred a little bit cooler rather than a little bit warmer, like I said at the, at the top of the podcast. So the fact that we are only 13 days away from September, oh, feeling overjoyed. So I'm really, really excited for a change in season. And just the opportunity to start to get a little bit cozier um, ahead of of baby arrival. I guess this is probably maybe what they would refer to as that nesting instinct. Because definitely um, I'm feeling feeling a draw towards staying at home and um, and uh, in, enjoying in that sense. Um, okay, I'd better get on. I can see uh, they're doing some construction on the building opposite us and. Uh, everyone has just started to arrive for work bright and early just after 7 a.m and um i'm sitting in the window of my apartment in my uh in my pajamas <laughs> so <laughs> i'm gonna sneak off now and get ready for the day but good as always to connect and um hope you're all having a uh a really safe <laughs> if you're somewhere where there's heat or any extreme weather um having a safe and enjoyable August and I hope to see you on the mat soon.